by changing that one word in your vocabulary, in the way you describe your reality, will start to change the energy of what you're seeing, what you're experiencing. Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. This podcast is part of an online community at solaceandshine.ca. It is a platform for those yearning to remember their true purpose. We are coming to you from Ishtadev Niwas Ashram in the Purcell Mountains of beautiful British Columbia, Canada, within the unceded territory of the Tanaha Nation. The Solace and Shine podcast dives into teachings from the soul's ancestral roots. The teachings are here so that we may embrace the human experience and live it with beauty, courage, and creativity. These teachings will make you want to lean in and shine wholeheartedly together in community. Allow me to introduce to you our host and guide, Sanyasi Shivani. Shivani has worked as a medium and a spiritual teacher for the last 20 plus years. Through her dedicated practice as a renunciate, and a teacher of yoga, she guides community through all aspects of living and embodying spirit through foundations of love, service, yoga ecology, and elevated esoteric teachings. Are you ready to embody your light? Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. Hello again, and Namona Ryan. I am Chaitanya, a longtime student here at Ishtadev Niwas Ashram. Welcome to episode two in our first season. This one is called Vakit, or in other words, Speak Impeccably. This is a powerful podcast, really powerful. You might be a changed person after listening to this one. Enjoy as Sanyasi Shivani explains the power we hold in our speech and how to consciously choose our words and consciously affect our reality and experience of life. One of the students has asked me to, to really talk about the importance of frequency of speech. And, you know, looking at our society, it's really, it's really apparent to me that there's a real lack of awareness about how our speech creates our reality. If we realized how much power we yield as humans, uh, we would really start talking the amount of garbage that we do. Um, to understanding the importance of this is the, the boon of VAK, V-A-K, not the other words you're thinking about. Um, the boon of VAK means to speak something into reality. As you go along the path and as your uh, personality and ahamkara or ego refines and purifies a little bit more, you start to become aware of more subtle vibrations. And those subtle vibrations really tell you when you are in a state that is going to really manifest what you're thinking, what you're speaking. And it's actually a very high functioning heart chakra that it's the, the wish fulfilling tree um, that is the foundation for the boon of Vak. But to understand that, we have to understand the third dimension, 
its mirror, which is Swadhisthana Chakra. Now, Swadhisthana Chakra is the home of our emotions. It lives at the tailbone. It is connected to the water element. This is our portal into this world. This is where babies gestate. They gestate in the water. They come through the birth canal and into this reality, this third dimension human reality. And Swadhisthana is the home of emotion. It's the home of the right to feel. You have the right to feel emotion. These feelings come through from uh, what we call samskaras or, or latent memory, unconscious memory. So we have this frequency of this memory that comes through the mind and it comes through this reality as a frequency that creates an unconscious emotion. You know, you might be afraid of spiders, having never been up close to a big spider, having never been bitten by a spider, having never died by a spider bite, but you still may have this uh, unconscious and unrational emotion, strong emotion, when you see a huge spider. These are the samskaras or the latent memories that come through uh, from past lives from past uh, memories that we don't we don't connect to anymore. So Swatasthana is our home of emotion and it's the water element. So when we identify with emotions, when I say identify with emotions, I'm talking about the languaging like I am angry. No, you're not. You're not angry. You are a being of light that is experiencing the frequency of anger the frequency of emotion that you interpret as anger. Because anger is a frequency that is connected to life force energy of Manipura that can be very quickly changed in perception into a deep drive to come into right action. So it's your identification and your perception of a frequency that creates an emotion and if you identify with that emotion I am sad I am angry I am afraid I am anxious I am depressed this becomes a very strong pull to create your reality what you think you are what you speak you manifest so big emotions a lot of identification with emotion creates very big waves. And then your reality is about trying to navigate these waves. However, if we can come into a witnessing perspective, and this is the discernment of Agnya Chakra, right? At the, the pineal gland, at the tip of the uh, spine up in the center of the skull. If we can come into this witnessing and this discernment of, wow, this frequency running through me right now is really hot and I'm feeling a lot of anger. This is good. Feel it. Feel that frequency. Feel the sadness. Feel the anger. Feel the fear. But to feel it is different than to identify that you are it. And this is sort of like stage one of really starting to shift your reality into a yogic perspective. 
this this is to me a, a huge piece of what it means to live out in the world as a sadhak, as a practicing, as a yoga practitioner, is to really start to shift your perspective. It doesn't mean you necessarily shift all your actions. It doesn't mean you become a different person. It means you shift your perspective of why you're doing something, of how you do something, of when you do something. That doesn't mean that you stop doing very Western things. It doesn't mean you stop skiing. It doesn't mean you stop mountain biking. It doesn't mean you stop having children. It doesn't mean you stop dating. It doesn't mean you have to renounce the world. It means you're committed to seeing the world through a perspective that is allowing you to use the experience as a platform for evolution in your spiritual life. So Swatastan is this home of emotion. But you can't you can't see the moon if, if you ever get a plate or something or or a pond you can't see the reflection of the moon when the water is choppy the waters need to become still and then you can get a clear perspective on what the mirror reflection of the moon looks like so we need to be able to come into a witnessing of our emotions because when we witness the emotion we take out that extra energy that feeds and we allow ourselves to calm the waters. That doesn't mean you don't feel. It doesn't mean you don't experience things. It means you don't feed it more energy than is needed for it to flow through you. In the chakra system, yantra, yantra is the visual representation of a frequency. So in tantra, we have uh, mantra, which is to liberate the mind through sound. Uh, we have yantra, which is to liberate uh, energy through visual representation. And then we have mandala, which is to liberate energy through form. And in the yantras, or the visual representations of the chakras, you see that in Swatastana chakra, we have the crescent moon. And in Vishuddhi chakra, we have the representation of the full moon. So the moon governs the waters. And so this, this lunar energy, this reflection uh, energy, uh, shows that these two chakras are portals. So what is happening in the uterus and in the emotions is happening in the throat and in our speech. This is the importance of chanting mantra. Because when you chant mantra, it's injecting a very high vibrational uh, spurt of, of clean steam into the waters of emotion. And this is why we chant mantra uh, every day as much as possible because when the mind is focused on the mantras, which is the innate frequencies of transcendental energy, then it doesn't have enough energy to buy into the drama of the human experience. So Vishuddhi chakra at the throat is the portal into the fifth dimensional reality, right? So what's happening in the uterus is happening in the throat. What's happening in the throat is happening in the uterus or the sexual organs uh, of the male counterpart. Vak is translated as fine speech. 
and it means that what you say manifests. Now, luckily, it, it this boon hopefully will come through at a time when you have purified mind and body and and personality enough that you don't speak ill, uh, right? You don't speak into the negativity because it's very, very important that we hold integrity within our speech. We say what we're going to do and we do what we're going to say. The higher frequency of vibration you can embody, the faster and clearer the words are that will manifest. So I have personally experienced uh, yogic masters uh, giving instructions, saying things that to me in that moment seemed so unrealistic and so far beyond doable that I thought they may have been a little crazy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to admit it. I thought they were slightly nuts um, to say to go and do something and they, they would speak these instructions. And then I have personally witnessed all of these instructions manifesting within 24 hours. Just the magic and the force behind the words created the reality. And sometimes there's a time lapse. And and thank goodness, if we don't have the boon of Vak, then the speech that we say, although it does create ripples, it does create a reality, it doesn't necessarily have the the instant manifestation that you get at the mastery stage. But we need to start looking at this now. You know, a, a really important uh, uh, use of speech on a, on a big collective consciousness is to fight cancer, to beat cancer. Um, this is an entire another podcast uh, in itself. Um, but the importance of not beating cancer, I think, just cannot be expressed enough. And if you're wondering you know, who the hell am I to say you shouldn't beat cancer? Yes, I have experienced cancer. Yes, I have been through the process. Yes, I am very, very healthy and completely cancer-free and extremely grateful. And this is why I feel that it's important to say these things. You don't beat your teacher. You're never going to graduate a class you're not going to graduate or transcend a lesson by abusing or being violent towards the teacher. Like all diseases, cancer is a teacher. It's there to purify something out of you. It's there to purify, to give you an opportunity to learn. You don't graduate a class by beating up the teacher. You graduate a class by learning your lessons, setting the exam, and passing. So putting that aside, because I'm going to talk about that in, a, in another podcast another day, uh, there's some keywords that we use so much in our day-to-day -day life that we have no understanding about the reality it's creating. Now, when some people, somebody comes to me and they want to work privately, you know, I just, I get them to chat. I make them a cup of tea and we have a conversation about their reality and their life. And, and I can often really tell which chakra is the 
is the one that is the most imbalanced that is affecting their their reality at that time by the frequency of words that they choose because their words tell me their functional perspective they tell me from which chakra perspective they are functioning from and then you understand the physical the emotional and the mental imbalances that are creating that reality Apparently my dog agrees. Um, so some things that I wanted to share with you today about uh, very common language that we use uh, that limits our perspective in and heightens the amount of uh, suffering that we experience in our reality. Okay, so the first word, should. Anytime you feel the need to say to yourself or to someone else that they should be doing something, stop and ask yourself, who am I to proclaim that someone should be doing something? Can I see their karma? Can I see their dharma? Do I fully understand why the other person is acting in this way? Am I coming from a place of judgment to the current situation? Now, there's a difference between somebody coming and asking advice and counsel from you. But if they are doing that and you are seated in love, should really isn't necessary in your vocabulary. Never have I experienced somebody saying, you should do this, that is coming from the highest seat of love that they possibly can. You might consider, have you thought about this? What would happen if you did this? Can you try this for me? These are all different ways that we can open up dialogue, that we can open the energy around a situation where the word should closes the energy around a situation. It says my way is the way that it should be done. My way is the way that you should see it that you should act because my perspective is superior to yours. So that's the first one. See where you use the word should and see if you can open up the energy around what you're saying rather than close it down into superiority. Second word, just. Just is a word that people like to describe one thing and one thing only, their own discontentment. Just is a shadow word for Manipura Chakra. It shows me that Manipura Chakra is out of balance, that there's discontentment clouding the current moment. They're not seeing the perfection of this moment for the gift that it is. That's, you know, why it's called the present. But it's something less than perfect. Then we come into just. For example, if I could just have this, I would be happy. If I could just stop doing that, I wouldn't get so angry. Just always means that this, this moment has lost its perfection. You're trying to control the outside to relieve your own discomfort. And so there's a real beautiful opportunity for shifting your perspective in that. And a way to do that is to actually acknowledge that you're uncomfortable. You know, this situation, I feel really uncomfortable in it. And I feel that if this would change, I would feel better. But how can I 
feel better so that the outside mirrors my inside? What practice can I do? What, uh, what action can I come into? Because Manipura Chakra is all about action. The third word, and my favorite, in fact, there's a lot of students out there <laughs> that unconsciously use this word and then sheepishly like look at me <laughs> to see if I'm going to say something, which I don't. I just kind of smile at them. <laughs> so many people describe their situation with the word struggle. I'm struggling with this. My answer to that is always, well, of course you are. What do you expect your reality to be if you're constantly describing it that you're struggling? To struggle at something means you're drowning. When somebody's drowning, they cannot, on their own steam, swim. They are looking to the outside to come and save them. If your perspective is that you're struggling, then there's, there's little hope. If you're struggling, you've all but given up. And you want somebody else to save you. But what if, if instead of struggling, what if you were challenged? To be challenged by a situation, to be really challenged by a situation that is causing you discomfort means that you haven't given up. To be challenged by something means you might not know the answer yet. You may not know the solution yet, but you're challenged. You're rolling up your sleeves and you're going for it. You have the power to shift your reality. When you're challenged by something, it means you're open to suggestions. You're open to learning, but you don't need somebody else to do it for you. If you're using your vocabulary and you and you start using, I'm challenged by this. I'm really challenged by depression. I'm really challenged by anxiety. I'm really challenged by my workload right now. It says, something's got to change. But I have the ability to learn the skills to implement that change. I can do this. And you can. By changing that one word in your vocabulary, in the way you describe your reality, will start to change the energy of what you're seeing, what you're experiencing. Fourth word, can't. It's simple. If you say you can't, then you won't. That's it. <laughs> Evolution doesn't happen if you don't get out of your own way. Can't, can't stops the flow of energy, regardless of what the topic is. I can't understand. At that vibra vibration, it becomes, I would like to understand, but it's challenging me. I can't do that. What about if we change that to, I don't currently, currently see how that would work, but I'm open to possibilities. Can't, it's, it's about energy. It's all about the flow of energy. These words limit the flow of prana. 
And I'm saying, what if we shifted our vocabulary to open and expand the flow of prana? Because that what is what the philosophy of Tantra is about. Tantra, Tanoti Trayati, to expand and liberate energy. That is what Tantra is about. It's not about sex. Using your vocabulary to expand energy instead of constrict it will change your emotional identification to your third dimensional experience. So the fifth one is but. A lot of manifestation, you know, it, it, it's about the flow. Flow is something you might not always be able to see, but every word definitely guides it, aids it, or hinders it. In conversation, saying but completely negates what the other person has just said or it, it negates what you've just said. Many times it has the air of, I'm not actually digesting or hearing what you're saying, but I want to put in my opinion to you again so that you can agree. I really like you, but you annoy the hell out of me. Well, no, then you don't really like me. I really like you and sometimes your personality and my personality clash a little bit and I find that very challenging to be around. If we can change our buts to ands, there creates flow. We are not one-dimensional beings. We can be wonderful people and very challenging to be around at the same time. It doesn't have to be, I like you, I don't like you. There doesn't have to be an either or. We are very complicated, multi-dimensional beings that we don't even understand the complexity and the, and the unfolding beauty of ourselves. How are we expected to know about the complexity and the unfolding beauty of somebody else? So we need to keep the communication open and not close it with our butts. Suffer is the last one. Pain is a part of life. Suffering is optional. To speak about yourself as suffering will only prolong the experience deemed unpleasant. I'm suffering from a cold. Well, that sucks. It says that you're against the cold and the cold is winning. But if the cold was a gift of purification for higher knowledge, if the head cold was purifying old stagnant energy out of the mind from Agnya Chakra, would you interact with the experience differently? Would you see it as an opportunity rather than a hindrance? Yeah, you definitely might be uncomfortable. It might be very challenging to be quite sick with a cold. But if you're suffering, you're missing the point. If we're interested in evolving, then we need to up our game. You know, I, a little shout out to Jay Brown. I was listening to a few podcasts of his last night from Yoga Talks. Maybe one day I'll even get to talk to him myself. That would be kind of cool. But it came up, and I think in uh, Hari Kirtana Das's uh, um, interview, which I thought was brilliant, by the way, if you have an opportunity to listen to that, Hari Kirtan, uh, awesome, uh, beautiful being, and his voice, oh my goodness, just really holds the resonance of, of, of wisdom and humility. 
we've got to up our game. We have to stop dumbing down yoga. We have to stop dumbing down what the experience of yoga is to easily digestible bites. We have to up our vibration so that we can digest more, so we can digest higher frequencies, not lower the teachings down to a McDonald's level so that we think we're already there. It's a journey. Yes, you are a complete being. And you also have more evolution to go into to experience your completeness. Yes, you are complete, but likelihood that you live and embody fully your completeness, I, I've, I've very few people I think are actually there at this time. You know, uh, one of the, one of the sort of metaphors that comes to me when somebody says, well, aren't I, aren't I complete now? Aren't I perfect in this moment? And I always say to them, yes, yes, you are. You are a spark of divine mirror, a complete mirror of the highest frequencies and love that there is. A newborn baby is complete and perfect and adorable, but it has not matured into being able to walk. You don't judge the baby for not being able to walk yet. Everything will happen in due course. And it's perfect and complete in the stage that it as is. But we also know that the baby's going to grow and that there is a lot more to come. And when somebody's in grade one and they're learning how to read, you see them for the perfection of seeing the world through their eyes and where they're at and how superheroes are amazing and how snuggles with mom and dad are like the best thing ever and how late can I stay up is like the dream evening. And they're perfect. They're absolutely perfect exactly where they are. And there are more things to experience. There's more wisdom to experience. You don't judge the six-year-old because they cannot yet drive a car. But you know that in due course, they will mature. Their vibration will change. Their bodies will change. And they will one day be able to drive. And when they get to driving, they're perfect in that. But you don't judge them because they're not a parent. And when they're a parent, they're perfection in that, and you don't judge them because they're not grandparents yet. Every stage of evolution is perfect. But let's not delude ourselves into thinking that the perfection that I am experiencing right now is the end of the story. We will mature, we will evolve, we will raise our frequencies, and we will experience more. And that's kind of the micro. If you look at the human experience as the micro of that, then the macro, the bigger picture, is the soul. 
But the soul doesn't limit it to one lifetime. The soul is multiple lifetimes, hundreds of lifetimes. Imagine if this one lifetime was the stage of the six-year-old. Yes, this lifetime is absolutely perfect for where you are and to fully embody and embrace the perfection of that stage of life and stage of the soul's development is all that is asked. But let's not delude ourselves that that is the end of the story. So let's up our game. Let's return to the texts of the sutras, the Bhagavad Gita, of this philosophy of Vedanta and Tantra and Samkhya philosophy that goes back 5,000 years. Modern yoga, it's not really even 50 years, 60, 70 years old. We have a lot of humble work to do, to get quiet, to listen, to learn, and then to experience, to embody, and to share. And share and teach in the perfection of where you are. What you teach in this moment is the perfection of where you are and teach that authentically and teach that with humility and trust that the students that come to you to learn are perfect for where you are right now. But let's not build ourselves up to thinking we, more, we are more than we are. There is always another stage. There is always another unfolding. There is always another frequency to be digested and, and brought into our core and foundational frequencies. There's always another level of, of I call it the resting frequency. It just becomes your innate being. And that innate being is who you are. And the next level of innate being will also be exactly the perfection of who you are. But when we teach, when we share these practices and these techniques and this philosophy of yoga, let's do it with the understanding of where we are, the humility that we are not at the end of the road, that there's always more to learn, and the gratitude that we even have these teachings in our lives, that we are in a place of our soul's evolution, that these frequencies of these teachings are a part of our day-to-day -day reality because that in itself is amazing. So I hope you have a wonderful first three quarters of your July. We will talk to you soon. Keep your speech high vibrational, opening of energy, and seated in love. Thank you for joining us in our Solace and Shine podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share it. We would love to hear what inspired you. And if you have any questions or topics that you would like for us to explore, please leave a note in the comments. Also, if you would like a daily dose of connection and raising of your frequency, join us on We Are our online community. You can find the link in the podcast description. 
Follow the link and you will receive two weeks for free. See you soon. And don't forget, soften and expand.